Today, uh, we, we are, we're in our ghost stories series, right? We're taking a non-spooky exploration into the person, the purpose, and the power of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the, um, I'm going to move this back a little here. We've talked about the person of the Holy Spirit, who he is, his personality. We've talked about the purpose, all the things that he does some of the things that he does for us here in the church. Last week, we had a great time talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Weren't the kids awesome in here last week? We had a good time talking about that. And uh, thank you, Mel. Uh, she's the one responsible for the, the, the brilliant idea of the uh, apps of the Spirit. She's, she's the creative one of the family. Um, today, today we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And, and I'm excited about this, not only because uh, I've never actually preached or taught on the gifts of the Spirit. I've, I'm, I was raised in a church like this, and I've been raised in this most of my life, and so I've been around it, listened to it, loved it, experienced it, you know, kind of wallowed in it like a pig, but I've never taught it, right? Never studied it out for myself and taught it, so shame on me for that. But, um, but it's so exciting. This has been such an amazing journey for me, and so hopefully this will just kind of pour out to you some of the, the excitement I have for this we got a lot to talk about today, so I'm going to talk really, really fast. It's going to make it super hard, I know, on our Portuguese translators. I'm sorry about that, but I'm going to be talking super fast. We are talking today about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, specifically, we're referring to the nine spiritual gifts found in 1 Corinthians 12. You can turn there if you want to, if you want to get ahead. But these are the gifts uh, which God gives to believers for the blessing and the edification of the church, Okay. We're going to quickly touch on each of these, what these nine gifts are. And when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, there is so much we could say and learn. It would take weeks and months and, you know, years it would really, to get really in-depth into this. What I would encourage you to do is to go online, because we have some, God has blessed us with some amazing teachers here at Generations. So go online. If you check out some of the podcasts, uh, the sermons that have been preached here, Joy White preached an amazing series called The Gifts of the Spirit back in September of 2015. Goes more in depth. I encourage you to check that out. Also, there's some sermons. I'm going to tell you the name of them so you can go look. Uh, back in 2014, Pastor Albert taught on Gifted with the Holy Spirit. He also taught in, uh, in 2014 The Power of Pentecost. Just earlier in this summer, he taught a excellent message called Walking in the Spirit. All of these go more in-depth uh, into these matters than we'll go today. Uh, but today, I just want to whet your appetite for the Holy Spirit, okay? Can I do that? Um, you know, gifts. Gifts are kind of an interesting thing. Gifts are an interesting thing. You know, when you think about gifts, I, my, what my brain instantly goes to is my children, you know when your you know how your kids have like no problem accepting a present, right? I mean, they could be at a birthday party and like a scary clown come up and like hand them something. They'd be like, "Okay, cool, thanks." You know, um, strangers with candy sounds delicious. You know, that's kind of the problem, right? Kids have no problem with gifts. Grownups, we're very different. Grownups, you, you give a grownup a gift. What do we instantly think? Like. What, what's in there? What, why are you, what's in there? What strings are attached to this? You know, what's in this cookie? You know, we, we, we worry about things like that. No kid ever worried what's in the cookie. They just, yep, nope. Um, and I think when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, we need to be more like children. We need to be more like children when it comes to the gifts. Become like little kids. We need to be less scared. Stop believing in some of these ghost stories that we've heard about the gifts and be more thankful. Because here's what I want to, the point I hope gets across today is that every gift that God gives is good. Every gift that God gives is good, and he loves us, right? Now, yes, people can misuse gifts, and they do, and, and they, we can get all kinds of tripped up over, over this stuff, because let's face it, number one, we're talking about pretty mysterious stuff, aren't we? I mean, these are spiritual, supernatural gifts. This is mysterious stuff. So, so yeah, it, it, we can get tripped up. And the second reason it's easy to get tripped up is because we're told how to use these gifts in the form of stories, in the form of half conversations. We're going to be reading out of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, did you know 1 Corinthians is actually the second letter <laughs> Paul wrote to the Corinthian church? He talks in the letter, he says in the last letter I wrote you, but that didn't make the Bible, so we don't know what he said. Right? God was like, that one's not good enough. It's not going in. Right? And, and, and he answers questions that the Corinthians gave him, but we don't know what they said. So, right? so, so we're getting half the conversation. So, so it's, it, 
it's an interesting thing. We're not given the gifts, the instructions in the form of a textbook. We're, you know, there's not some sort of like book of spells like from Harry Potter and we just get to read the formula and this is how it's done, right? We don't have that. That's why when we talk about these things, and, I, and I've tried to impress this the whole time, when we talk about the things about the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it is just silly not to be humble about it, Okay? It's silly not to be humble about it um, because you know, it's silly not to exercise some love, especially towards others who might disagree with this on certain points here or there. And there's a lot of folks that disagree on different points about when it comes to the gifts. Um, so we, we want to operate in love because that's what it's all about. We want to operate in humility. But here's what we do know is that God is good. That's what we can agree on. God is good and, he, and the gifts that he gives out are good. His gifts are good. God is good. So we can be respectful of the gifts, but we don't have to be scared of them, okay? We don't have to be weirded out by the gifts. God gives us these gifts out of his love. That is the message that comes through over and over. It's the thread throughout the scripture. He gives these gifts out of love, right? Imagine that. In fact, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit himself is the good gift from God. It is the gift from God that he gives his children out of the overflow of his love. I like to think of it like this. I was think, thinking about it just this week. God, God so loved the world, the whole world, right? He so loved the world that he gave who? Jesus. He gave his only begotten son, Jesus. But God also loves his church. He loves you, his, his children, his church, that he gave who? The Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. He said, I am leaving you a comforter. So God so loved the world, he gave Jesus, but he loved you and me that he also gave us the Holy Spirit. Out of his love, think of it this way, if that cross of Jesus is the greatest gift God could give a perishing world, then then, then the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is the greatest gift he could have given his church. And that is what he has given us, the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 11, it says this, if you then who are evil, now that word there, it means of a corrupt nature, okay? So you and I were born here on this earth. We didn't, we didn't turn into angels. We're not angels when we were born. We're human beings. So we're of a corrupt nature, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, you know how to give a good gift to your kid? Yeah, yeah, most of us aren't crazy. We can give a good gift to our children. If you who are evil can do this, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So we're, we can ask. This is something we can ask, okay? It's, it's not so mysterious. We, we can't talk about it. We can't go to God and ask for these things. We can ask him. The Holy Spirit is a gift, and he gives us gifts. So I, I want to say this before we get into this. As we're craving the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it tells, the scripture tells us that we can crave the good gifts. We can go, we can ask the Lord for them. As we crave them, make sure, make sure the gift you crave the most is a relationship with the Spirit of God himself, okay? None of these gifts are as important as a relationship with the Spirit of God himself, Okay? All right, we get that out of the way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, here we go. The nine gifts. They come out of 1 Corinthians. We're going to read it right here. In verse 4, it starts off like this. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. He keeps making that point. The same God, same Spirit, same God. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Are you in each? Yes. Everybody in here is in each. It's given to each one for the profit of all. So it's given to you for the profit of everybody around you. Okay? Paul lists these gifts. Here we go in verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. All right. What Paul says in verse 11, though, is important to understand. But one and the same Spirit... 
There he goes again. One in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. He distributes them individually as he wills. So God can use you in any of these gifts as he wills. He might use you in one gift today and a different gift tomorrow. Did you know that? It's as he wills, right? It's as he wills. The gifts of the Spirit belong to the Spirit. They're the gifts of. It's a possessive. They're the gifts of the Spirit. They're his gifts. And they flow through you for the profit of everybody in the church. Is that cool? The gifts of the Spirit flow through you for the profit of everybody in the church. It's a beautiful thing. So what I want to do today is just kind of whet your appetite to crave more of the Holy Spirit, to crave more of what he wants for you. And some of you, this is going to open, open up a whole new world. Your life is never going to be the same once you start down this road. And I encourage you to start down this road and study it out and listen to those podcasts and study it out. For some of you, this is going to answer some questions that you might have been afraid to ask of stuff that's been going around, on around here, you know, that you see happening on, on Sunday morning at Generations. Um, so here we go. Now, some scholars, uh, just out of, because it's something human beings like to do, they have looked at these nine gifts and they've grouped them into three categories. This isn't in the Bible. It's just something that kind of helps us because we like to categorize things, you know, turn things into a chart. Um, <laughs> So, so we'll do that too because it can, it can be helpful. We've, they've noticed, scholars looked at this, these things that Paul said and they noticed, you know what, these, they, they, there's kind of like three different thrusts of gifts going on here. So the first category we could look at could be called the revelation gifts. These are the revelation gifts. These three, first three gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Now, uh, you remember we said before that everything that the Holy Spirit does and manifests ultimately points back to who? Jesus. Okay. Jesus. Everything the Holy Spirit does points back to Jesus. That's who he likes to give the attention to, right? The Holy Spirit doesn't come in and say, look at me, keep looking at me. Holy Spirit says, look at Jesus, right? So, and, and, and so these first three gifts, you could think about them as the revelation gifts. They really help us understand what Jesus would think, I think it's beautiful this whole year, if you notice, Pastor Albert, he has been impressing on us over and over and over, encouraging us, seek after the ways and the thoughts of God. Seek after God's ways and his thoughts, right? You want to know God's thoughts and his ways? Here we go, flow in these gifts, what Jesus would think. The first one is word of wisdom. Let's look at this real simply. The definition of a word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation of God's will regarding a specific circumstance. Supernatural revelation of his will regarding a specific circumstance. Now, it's, it, it's kind of like a wise answer to a particular problem. How many times have you uh, ever been faced with a business decision or something or a really tough choice that you got to make and you don't, you don't know what to do? You don't know what to do because you can't see every single possible result of every fork in the road, can you? You don't know what's going to happen next year. Should I do this or should I not? I don't know, right? Well, there's one who knows what's going to happen in the future and knows what every fork in the road is going to be, and that is the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? And he has given as a gift, he can flow in this word of wisdom. And so God will sometimes move on you to give a word of wisdom for someone in regards to a decision that they have right in front of them. This doesn't come from your intellect and what, you know, your logic and what you think it ought to happen. This is a special time. It's a one-time thing. You know, it happens, it's specific to a circumstance. You don't just kind of walk around being wise. This is not what that's talking about. We should all be wise, but a word of wisdom is connected to a specific circumstance. You're going to see that pop up every time here. Um, So it might not even be something that they're wrestling with. God may give you a word of wisdom for someone, and it's a divine revelation of God's will into their life, right? And so we, we, we can exercise that way. There have been times in my life when I did not know what to do. And Mel and I have been, we've, we've wrestled with decisions we had to do. We didn't know the solution, right? Let me tell you what, I, I, I was going to tell you this, but I'll go ahead and tell you this, this story really fast. It's, it's, it's such a, a beautiful example of this. Um, there was a time when we were we were really struggling financially, and uh, we, you know, we'd gotten out of college, we had a bunch of uh, school loans, we had a bunch of debts and all this kind of stuff, and we were really struggling what to do. We just seemed to barely be keeping our head above water. We didn't know what to do. We were praying, and I'll tell you, the God, the Holy Spirit 
dropped in our heart. I don't remember who, who he dropped it on first, but dropped it on our heart, a solution that we were not, it wasn't even on our radar. It was not something we wanted to do. It was not something we were thinking about. Should we do that or anything? It was totally out of left field. And the solution was to sell our house. Now we loved our little house. We, it was our first house, you know, our first house we ever bought. We did not want to sell the house. It was kind of like our little thing. And, you know, we, you know, we were married couple and it was our first little house together. So we, we loved this house. And, but it was an amazing thing that God spoke it into our hearts and we talked together and God dropped it into both of our hearts and we sought good counsel from, from our elders and our family and, 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 it, and it, they confirmed the word and we took this step and we didn't know what we're doing. Look, we are not, I am not a real estate expert. I don't know anything about real estate, okay? I'm not like an investment expert or anything like that. You know, the guy who handles my investments, he says, no, what do you want to, what's your strategy you want to do? And I'm like, make money, make a lot of money. I don't know, you know, make it do that, you know. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so we, we really had no clue, and it was not on our radar. But we prayed and we obeyed. We sold that house. And it turns out, through no brilliance of ours, it was right at the point before the market dropped out. Right? It was at its highest point at this point. The, 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 the price of the house, which we were blessed with this great price for the house, paid off. All these debts, thousands of dollars, paid it off. We, we, we lived in this little rent house for a little while until God brought it about and he dropped it in our hearts. Now's the time. Buy this house. Buy this other house. We don't know what we're doing. Okay, seems pretty. We'll do that. You know, sought good counsel, sought good wisdom. You do all the things you do. Okay, Lord, you know, and he helped us get this house. I mean, like within months after we get this house, the market goes through the roof. Our house is worth 50% more than we paid for it right now. We are not smart about this stuff. This, is, this, was, this was the Holy Spirit. This was a gift from the Lord. I can only give him praise and honor and thank him that he helped us just do this. This was just out of the loving kindness of his heart. He didn't have to do that, right? And this is, this is, this is what he can do. He can move on you and give you uh, this supernatural um, this guidance in what to do in a particular situation. Wisdom beyond your years. Uh, you, you don't even have to be savvy enough to come with the sol- up with the solution. He can do that. There's been times when um, I've been sitting with somebody and, and talking to them and we're praying together and you know maybe they're going through a struggle or something like that. And God just drops something into my heart to say. I, I don't know anything about psychology. You know, I, I'm not a counselor, but it, it doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from any kind of brilliance of mine but I'll say it, and it'll bless them, right? It'll be the thing that they need, the, the step they need to take. And that is, the, that is a word of wisdom. The Lord can move through any of you that way, if he wills. Amen? The second one we want to look at, the word of knowledge. Some people get wisdom and knowledge kind of confused. The word of knowledge, simply, here again, it's something related to a specific situation, but this has to do with a sudden and supernatural knowing of something you have no natural means of knowing. You just you suddenly know it. Now, you've seen Pastor Albert moving this before, right? Or, or uh, Brother Ivan, when he comes here, sometimes they'll just, they'll just know, you know, that uh, somebody's got a busted knee, you know, and somebody, yes, that's me, and we pray for him, and they get healed, you know? It's a supernatural impartation of knowledge about a situation they have no natural way of knowing. It's an anointing in the house at that moment to heal. And when that happens, I guarantee you, you want to stand up and say yes, uh, because God is in the business of healing in that moment. Um, You may be praying for somebody, and, and you just know suddenly in your spirit, you may know some unknown fact about them. Um, and, and you might not know how this fixes them. That would be kind of more of a word of wisdom, right? But you may know this fact, that, and, and, and a word of knowledge brings these facts to light. Now, they're, not, they're never to embarrass anybody, right? A word of knowledge will never embarrass anybody. They're never to judge anybody. Remember, these are for the edification, for the blessing of the church, right? Um, even Jesus, when he operated in a word of knowledge, remember the story of, of Jesus by the woman at the well? And he's there, and he's asked her for a drink. And they got to talking, and, uh, and she said something about her husband, right? And he goes, sweetheart, you've had, you've had, like, tons of husbands, and the guy you're at home with right now isn't even your husband. Even then, he said it privately to her, right? It wasn't to embarrass her or something like that. And he said it out of love so that she would recognize the Messiah standing right there in front of her to give her hope and to change her life. So that's a word of knowledge. Let's keep moving. See, I told you we're going to be flying through these things. It's crazy. It's crazy how fast we're going to be going today. (laughs) 
Number three, discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Okay. Oh, Lord, help me with this one. So this is supernatural insight to detect the presence of evil spirits and their work in someone's life. Okay? That's very specific. It's supernatural insight to detect the presence of evil spirits and their work in someone's life. Now, let me add this. Every single born-again believer, every one of us, has a certain amount of discernment uh, between good and evil, right? We should all be growing in discernment. Uh, You know, as we grow in our faith, we grow in our discernment, you know, to know what is evil, what is of God, what is of Satan, what is of the flesh. That dream I had last night, is that from the Lord? Is that from the devil? Is that just pizza and I want, you know, from watching The Walking Dead the night before? Why did I have that weird dream? You know, discernment is good. We We all need that. But this gift is a special gifting in a particular moment for a particular situation. It makes you aware, aware of a the presence of a demonic spirit in a, in a specific situation. It doesn't mean you go around just aware of spirits all the time. That's not what that means. It's, a speci- it's tied to a specific time, a specific situation when the Holy Spirit gifts you with this, and you'll be... The Apostle Paul, there's a really cool story uh, where he operated in this in Acts chapter 16. He was walking around. He, he and his buddy are walking around the city one day. They're walking down the streets, and he's just like sharing Jesus with people and healing people. And, hey, what's going on? Jesus loves you. Boom, healed. You're, he's walking around. He's, everything's going great. And meanwhile, like for several days, there was this, it says a young girl. I'm just picturing like a teenage girl following him. And this girl was like shouting his praises and was telling people, listen to them. They're, they're, telling, the, they're telling the truth. Now, you would think that's a good thing. You know, I'd be like, keep it up. Yeah, right? <laughs> Paul whirls around and says, in the name of Jesus, evil spirit, get out of here. I rebuke you. And the spirit left. That was a, a gift of the discernment of spirits. In that moment, right? He discerned there was an evil spirit going on there. Um, Now, this is a super important gift for believers. I'll tell you what, it can save your life, number one, but it can also save you from wasting your time. Let me explain why. It'll it'll save you from wasting your time. Because, you know, if you're praying for somebody, you want to do the right thing. You want to pray the right thing. How many of you just like, you know, Lord, this person is suffering or oppressed or whatever it is, and I'm praying for this. Do you want to waste your time? No, we don't want to waste our time. We actually want them healed, right? Uh, sometimes there are people who could be, it, they could be influenced by a spirit, right? Um, and it can help you get to the heart of the problem, which is that a person might need deliverance. Not just healing, but deliverance, okay? Not every time, not every time. Don't go around casting the devil out of everybody. But when, you, when God gifts you with this, right? Don't be weird. When, <laughs> when God gifts you with this, he can, it, can, it can help you understand, you know, and you don't got to like be real, slap them beside the head or anything like that. You just kind of go, okay, Lord. And you can even talk to the person. You know, there might be a person who says, well, I've just been really depressed this week. Now, they could be depressed this week because they had a really bad week, you know. They've had a bad month, a bad year. Uh, they could be depressed because, you know, not all the chemicals are in right balance. There's no shame in that, you know. So we can pray f- for healing, you know. God bring everything into alignment in Jesus' name. But you may... Be like, you know what, there's something else here too. There might be a spirit of oppression on this person. And that helps you from spinning your wheels and sitting there praying and praying and praying. Meanwhile, that spirit's just sitting there laughing at you, right? So you can take authority over that thing. Um, so that's, that's a good thing to do. Now, let's talk, let's talk about this. We have to exercise some wisdom here, some love and caution. Because some people think they have the gift of discernment. And what they really have is the spirit of criticism, right? I've got this gift of discernment, right? Uh, Or they think they have this gift of judging everyone's true motives. (laughs) None of you, but your neighbor might. The gift of judging everyone's true motives. I I just got to tell you, that's not a gift. That's not one of the gifts, the gifts of judging everyone's motives. Um, That's called just being judgmental and suspicious. Um, It's the discernment of spirits, as in evil spirits. He allows you to detect the presence of evil. So don't let this become you know, a license to, to be suspicious or ungenerous, unkind or critical, uh, you know, or assume your, your opinion's always God's opinion. Um, trust me, trust me, trust me. <laughs> Pulling out the discernment card every day will make people want to punch you in the face. <laughs> so exercise caution. I'm just telling you that as your friend. 
However, I'll say this, when the devil is sending a demonic spirit uh, against your home, your children, your business, you are going to be thankful for this gift of the Holy Spirit that he has granted you this in Jesus' name. Because when the Holy Spirit gives you this gift of discerning of spirits, you are able to see the attack of the enemy. You're able to detect that, take authority over it, and rebuke it in Jesus' name, and it has to flee. So that's good news. Amen? Amen. So we're not making light of that. Pray to the Lord. Amen. Look, go ahead and clap. I mean, if you're going to clap. Amen. I said, I got to beg for my claps. There we go. Okay, next one. Let's keep moving here. The next, we could call the next three gifts, we might call collectively the power gifts, okay? Think of these as the power gifts. This is the gift of faith, the gift of gifts of healings, and the working of miracles. If the three revelation gifts helped us know what Jesus would think, the power gifts help us know what Jesus would do, okay? So these are power gifts. The first one we're going to look at, the gift of faith. This is cool. The gift of faith is the supernatural ability to believe God without normal human doubt or reasoning. The supernatural ability to believe God for something without the normal human doubt or reasoning. The gift of faith is given to individuals for a specific event or circumstances. All these are for a specific event or circumstance in order to believe God to move miraculously. Okay? The gift of faith is different from the, we'll say the normal supernatural faith that we all should be exhibiting, right? That we all have as we're growing in the Lord, right? The, the, the better we get to know God, the more we can trust him. So we should all be getting to know God more so we can trust him more. Our faith grows. Uh, but this is different. Um, this is like faith on steroids, right? That's just an easy way to think of it. And, and you know, we've said this in here before. Faith is not necessarily the total absence of doubt, Okay? It's not the total absence of doubt. When, when, you know, when my little boy was tiny and, and I'm standing in the pool and he's on the side and I'm saying, come on, buddy, jump. I got gotcha. you. His little knees were knocking, but he jumped because he trusted in his dad. He trusted in his father, right? Your knees may be knocking, but you can trust in your father and exercise great faith. That is great faith, to trust and leap, even in the midst of your questions, even in the midst of your, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I'm going to trust in God, right? I love the story of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? The uh, king was about to throw them in the fiery furnace, and they said, they said, you know what? We believe our God can save us from this fire. He can save us, and we're going we're gonna to worship him. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. We're still not going to bow. That's faith. That's faith. No, they, they didn't necessarily know exactly what was going to happen, but they had faith. Now, the gift of faith is different. So forget everything I just said. The gift of faith is a supernatural impartation of assurance for a spe- in a specific situation. This is faith you suddenly have flowing through you when someone gets that bad report from the doctor, right? And they're losing hope, and you just know. Suddenly the Holy Spirit just anoints you, and you know that God is going to show himself big for this person. You don't feel panic. You don't wonder, I wonder what it is. I wonder what's going to happen. How is he going to answer this prayer? You don't feel panic. You just have this dynamic, unwavering trust in God, and it results in boldness. It results in boldness to step out and speak regardless of your circumstances. Amen? You could get this gift of faith about you, but I think more often than not, it's going to be for someone else. It'll be your gift of faith to pray for this person who might be wavering, right? To pray for them. And that's the gift of faith. Now, second one, gifts of healings. Gifts of healing. Notice the plural, gifts of healings. This is a supernatural power manifested through an individual to heal sickness, disease, or injury. It's kind of what it sounds like, gifts of healings. Now, this isn't, again, it's kind of like faith. This isn't just the normal prayer of healing that we should all be praying for each other, right? If you have something going on in your life, you come up to me, I'm going to be like, yeah, let's believe, you know, and I'm going to believe with you, and we are going to believe and and pray for God's healing because he can heal. Um, But this is related to a specific instance in a specific time, a specific place, like the gift of faith, it goes beyond the prayer of healing that you pray and you believe God for an answer, but ultimately, you know, you leave it up to God how he's going to answer, what, what is the way he wants to do that. When the gifts of healings are flowing, then, then miraculous healing is going to follow. That's, that's the easiest way I can say it. When the gifts of healings are flowing, a miraculous healing is going to follow. You, you can bet your britches. It's a beautiful thing. Amen. I've never used that phrase before. Um, now remember this, okay, this, remember this gift is given as the Spirit wills, 
okay? As the Spirit wills. So, so whenever he wills, to whomever he wills, right? This isn't just for famous people. This isn't just like for Reinhard Bunke or Todd White or something. You know, it's not just for them. Every single person in this room can, as the Holy Spirit wills, flow in the gifts of healing. Remember this, people don't own these gifts, You don't own this gift, like, oh, I got this, it's mine forever, it's mine. No, it's still as he wills, right? You might operate in one gift today and a different one tomorrow. People are not the healers. The Holy Spirit is the healer, right? So even if someone operates in this very commonly, that's just the way the Lord keeps using them, they're not the healer. It's the Holy Spirit that is the healer. And so you are just as capable of flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to flow in this gifts of healing as any full-time minister or famous guy on TV, Okay. All you got to do is open your heart, ask the Holy Spirit to use you, and seek his gifts. Amen. Let's keep going. Number six. We're doing awesome. Number six, working of miracles. Okay, this is similar, but it's not just related to to healing. This is a supernatural intervention that divinely alters the natural course of circumstances. A supernatural intervention that alters the natural course of circumstances. So the gift of working in miracles is going to result in a, in a phenomenon. There's going to be a miracle that happens, which is above the ordinary events of nature. This could include a creative miracle, something you know, being created or, or restored, the restoration of missing things, um, alteration, an altering of the natural course of events. Things look like they're going to happen this way. It's just the way things are going to go. There's no way it can stop. It could go a different direction. And it does, right? The working of miracles. This word for miracles is the word dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite, right? So this is explosive power. This is a manifestation of explosive power. Let me ask you a question right now. Don't, don't be bashful. How many of you in this room can say you definitely have experienced a miracle? Raise your hand. You've definitely experienced a miracle. Okay, everybody see these hands? Keep them up. Everybody look around at these hands. Is there, okay, you with your hands raised, is there anyone on earth who could, who could convince you that God doesn't do miracles anymore? No. no, there's no way, because he's God, right? God can't help being God. He's going to continue being God, right? Um, it, it's, it'd be, you know, by definition, anything that God does to intervene into the natural world is a miracle, Right? When he intervenes, he is changing the natural course of things. That is what a miracle is. So uh, he's not stopped intervening, and he intervenes in our lives. Uh, I've seen him do it. God still loves to do miracles. Think about this. Jesus, when he was on the earth, he started his ministry. What's the first thing he did? He performed a miracle, right? Turned water into wine. Um, and he, did, he continued to do miracles throughout his ministry. They were a part of his ministry, Right? You know what the last thing is he told us before he went to heaven? Greater things than these will you do. Greater things than what you've just seen me do. Greater than this will you do. And he didn't say just for the next 15 years or so, and then, you, and then it won't happen anymore. He didn't say that, right? Well, we kind of made up that part, right? Greater thing. He's talking to us. It's in the scripture. It's us. We're the disciples. Amen? Amen. So, all right, let's keep moving. The last three gifts can be thought of collectively as the inspiration gifts, the inspiration gifts. The revelation gifts reveal what Jesus would think. The power gifts reveal what Jesus would do. The inspiration gifts help reveal what Jesus would say, right? They're the words of Jesus that he continues to speak to us today. And nothing he ever speaks by these revelation gifts will ever contradict what he said in his word. Amen? Amen. Let's look at the first one here. First one's the gift of prophecy. There's so much we could say about these, these last three. Let me tell you what. I, I, wish, I, I, yeah, I wish we like, had a, a night service we were coming back. But, but we'll just touch on these for now uh, because what I really want you to do today is walk away with a hunger for a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit. And a hunger. I want you to have a craving for these gifts in your life, okay? Because that's a good thing. Prophecy, very simple. Simply, it's a, it's a supernatural message of encouragement from God through the words of another person. Supernatural message of encouragement from God through the words of another person. They are God's words to edify, exhort, 
and comfort his people. We're told this in, in 1 Corinthians 14.3. It tells us that prophecy was, is designed by God to strengthen and encourage the church. Prophecy is designed to strengthen and encourage the church. Now, the Bible uses this word in several different places, so it's, it's, don't get tripped up. When we think of uh, a prophet, sometimes we think of Old Testament-style prophets, right? The prophets of the Old Testament. That wasn't always a, a warm and fuzzy message they came to bring, right? In the Old Testament, when the prophet was coming down the road and you saw him out the window, you, you were like, dude, what'd you do? The prophet's coming, right? Right? It was usually not good news. The New Testament uses this word very differently. It uses it very differently. Prophecy in the New Testament touches the church at its point of need. It's a revelation of God's love, his care, his desire for his people to be built up, right? Now, also, don't get this confused with the office of a prophet, okay? So that's a whole different thing, and I, I, I wish I could get more into that, but that's just a whole other lesson, um, the, there, there are giftings and offices that the Lord gifts the church. Um, you know, things like teachers and pastors and prophets and evangelists and all this kind of thing. So, so someone, uh, someone may be a, a prophet, and that's one thing. You may be used in, in a gift of prophecy for someone. That doesn't mean you are a prophet, because um, that, that's a whole different thing. Just trust me. Um, uh, the, 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 the gift of prophecy when it flows in the church, when it's used in the church, it's not to be used to criticize or bash people. It encourages them. Another misconception people often have uh, when they hear the word prophecy is that it's all about foretelling the future, right? It's because we watch too many movies like The Matrix or something. You know, the prophecy said, the chosen one. And, and so that's not the way it's used in the New Testament. Uh, though it can involve the future, but not necessarily. These gifts are ultimately an expression of God's love for us. That's what we want to take away from this, pro- a gift of prophecy. If someone gives uh, a word of prophecy here in the church, if they stand up and they give a word of prophecy, it will be used in love, it will give comfort, it will give encouragement to the body. And that's how you know. This was, this was good, this was true. When we prophesy to one another, it's encouraging one another, right? We can prophesy to one another. In the Bible, it says that they they would be filled with the Spirit and prophesy. And what were they doing? They were speaking out the wonders of God, and they were speaking out encouragements that that encouraged the church. Okay, here we go. You ready? Different kinds of tongues. Oh, here we go. This is why you bought your tickets, all right? That's why you camped out all night. What are we doing? 11.16. Oh, this is amazing. I talk so fast, we have like enough time to talk about this now. I can slow down. This is a really hot topic in the church today, obviously. Um, this is a hugely misunderstood gift. Hugely misunderstood. And I'll be honest with you, I don't understand every little ins and out of it, in, in and out of it. Um, but it's a beautiful gift. You know, you don't have, like we said before, you don't have to understand the Trinity to believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and depend on them completely in your life. So you don't have to understand every little thing about tongues to see its beauty, to see its role in your life and in the role of the church today. There's a very simple reason why tongues are very, are, are maybe one of the most misunderstood uh, in the church today in different denominations. Because in Scripture, tongues are spoken in a variety of ways in a variety of situations, and for different motivations, for different purposes. And if we don't understand what is happening in these different ways that, that tongues is being spoken, it's easy to get confused and, and make all sorts of rules, get really legalistic about it, right? Which is the last thing Jesus came to do, right? He freed us from the law. The last thing he, do, he, he was going to do is say, now I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. You've got all kinds of rules to follow right? This is, this is not the, the spirit of what the Holy Spirit is all about, if I could put it that way. So let me give you a real simple definition of the gift of tongues. It is a supernatural message from the Lord spoken to the church in a language unknown to the speaker. A supernatural message from the Lord spoken to the church in a language unknown to the speaker, the person, the person giving it. 
that seems pretty straightforward, but here's where people get really tripped up, and lots of groups start to diverge into uh, different beliefs and in interpretations, no pun intended. Um, now, let me say this again. I, I know I belabor this point. In humility and with full knowledge that there are good, beautiful, smart Christians who believe lots of different things about this, good friends of mine who believe different things about this, um, so we say this in humility, but here, let me exp- un- help explain what our understanding of this is. The gift of tongues, is, which is what we're talking about today, the gift of tongues is different, is a different matter than when we are talking about being filled with the Spirit and speaking and praying in tongues. All right? I'm just going to let that simmer for a second. What we're talking about today is the gift of tongues, part of the nine gifts of the Spirit used in the church for the edification of the church. It's a different matter than when you see people up here getting filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues, right? Or someone beside you while y'all are praising the Lord. You might hear them over there praying in tongues. That's a different thing. It's a different matter. Now, here's the cool part. This is going to excite you. Next week, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. And by none other than the master, Pastor Albert, all right? He's going to be speaking on the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit with that evidence of speaking in tongues. You may talk about the power that comes into your life when that happens, right? And, and what is the Holy Spirit up to? What is the Holy Spirit up to that he brings into your everyday life? It's going to be awesome. Um, but there's some things that are very distinctive about these two kinds of tongues, we might call it. Um, he's going to answer a lot of questions. I'm sure that I'm probably better than I'm doing today. But what we're talking about today is the gift of tongues, given by the Holy Spirit at a specific time and place. You can't conjure it up. Praying in tongues, as he'll explain to you, you can pray in tongues anytime you want. The gift of tongues is at the will of the Holy Spirit. At the will of the Holy Spirit. Um, It flows through someone, and they give a message of tongues in public. You've seen people operate in this gift here at Generations Church right? They'll get pastor's attention, get one of our attention. And if, you know, we feel like, okay, it's a good time for it, we'll invite them to come up and they'll give a message in tongues, right? Uh, It's a totally different thing than if you walked in here and heard someone with their head bowed praying to God, praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is from our spirit to God. We're praying from our spirit to God, okay? Gift of tongues, it's God to the church. Easy way to think about it. So that, that's how we want to pray about it. There's praying in tongues, which is your spirit praying to God. There's giving a message in tongues, which is God speaking through you to the church. It's flowing the other way. Here's why this difference really matters. Now, ordinarily, we'd be like, ah, this sounds like semantics. Who cares? But it really matters because there are scriptural guidelines given to us in the Bible for how to flow in this gift. And, and, and these guidelines have caused a lot of, you know, dissension and, you know, people to get, you know, really upset and angry, which is kind of the opposite of the Holy Spirit, right? But there's guidelines in how to flow in this gift, how to give a message in tongues, because the Holy Spirit, one of the things he loves is order and beauty and things to work together. He's not the author of confusion, okay? He's not the author of weirdness, So there's two, think of it as two different kinds of tongues. One of the instructions that Paul gives us in Scripture in 1 Corinthians 14 is that when we are flowing in the gift of tongues, when someone's standing up here flowing the gift of tongues for the church, when someone is giving a message in tongues from God to the church, it must always be followed by the ninth gift of the Spirit, which is the interpretation of tongues. Here's what Paul tells us. When someone flows in the gift of tongues for the church, it should always be followed by this gift of the Spirit, which is the interpretation of tongues. The interpretation of tongues is simply the supernatural ability to interpret the meaning of a message in tongues that someone just gave, right? So that one person comes up here, gives a message in tongues. They may have also the interpretation. It may be another person that has the interpretation of that. And that is a gift of the Spirit that's flown, uh, flowed, and it's for that specific situation right then. These two gifts will always flow together. These are, these are a partner gift, okay? The gifts of tongue and the gift of interpretation. You don't have one without the other. You never have one without the other if, if you're doing it right, right? Paul tells us you're not supposed to have one without the other. He makes it very clear. He says, if you feel like you have a tongue to give, be sure that someone else has the interpretation or that 
He says you can even pray for the interpretation, right? Or else what? If nobody else has the interpretation, he says, you just keep it to yourself, right? Keep it to yourself. Because otherwise, what do you got? You got somebody standing up, blah, 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 jabbering away, and we're all just standing around going, okie dokie. <laughs> and it's not that like, they did anything evil, it's just fruitless, that's Paul's point. It's fruitless. It doesn't edify anybody. In fact, he even says it only edifies yourself. It's fruitless. So Paul says, don't do that. He was talking to a church that was doing that. In fact, in this church, everybody was standing up, giving a tongue. Everybody's standing up, blah, 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 right? And, and, and nobody was interpreting, right? So, so it was fruitless. And he's saying, guys, this is silly. Um, now, we, because of this, we can better understand his warning against giving a tongue out in church if there isn't anybody to interpret. This isn't, let me stress this, this isn't a warning against coming to church and sitting in your seat and praying in tongues. This isn't a warning against that, right? Or during a time of corporate prayer, we're all praying, right? And you, you just, you're praying and, and you're praising God and you slip into your own prayer language. You don't got to get all legalistic and like, oh no, am I out of earshot of everybody? This is not what Paul's talking about, okay? We don't have to get legalistic about this. If you're filled with the Spirit, you want to pray in tongues, go for it. Pray in tongues. It's your, it's your prayer language, right? Now, don't stand up, say, everybody stop. I want to pray in tongues. That would be out of order, Right? out of order. See, that's why we don't do that here. Um, but there's not some spiritual law that you have to make sure human ears don't hear you praying in your prayer language. Paul is, um, he's very clear regarding the gifts of the Spirit. If the tongue is a message to the congregation, if it's not a prayer to God, if it's a message to the congregation, there definitely needs to be interpreted, okay? Now, praying in, in your own prayer language, you can do that anytime, right? And pastor will talk about this more tomorrow. But you can be around other people and pray in your prayer language, even without interpretation. It's hap- it happened in Scripture, right? There, there's accounts where people, it says they were all filled with the Spirit and they all spoke in other tongues. It doesn't say anybody interpreted. It doesn't say anybody knew what they were saying. It just says they, were, they all spoke in tongues. So apparently there is an overflow of the Spirit that is perfectly allowed to do around other people. That's not the same thing as being in church and giving a, a tongue uh, without an interpretation. Uh, where interpretation is needed is if someone gives a message in tongues, f- flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. Next week, it's going to be good. We're going to hear about the other side of speaking in tongues. It's the beautiful side, which, which is the prayer language that God gives folks. Um, it edifies yourself. The Bible says that the gift of tongues and interpretation is a gift that edifies the church. Paul, Paul said that when, it, when it, there is an interpretation, everyone is edified. And that's the goal. Everyone in the church gets edified and blessed. Uh, but praying in tongues is, is you speaking mysteries to God. And scripture says it builds you up. All right. Praise the Lord. I wish we could, we could talk uh, a lot more about this, but we're, we're, we've run out of time today. We're going to come back and talk about these. Uh, we'll get more in, into some of these gifts at a later time next year. Um, I just want to leave you with this thought today. Let me leave you with this. At the end of this chapter where Paul lists these gifts, he says this, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong, I'm a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. If I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Love never fails. Love never fails. If you ever have a question about the Holy Spirit, if you're ever wondering, what is this? Is this, is this of God? What's going on? Love never fails. I believe the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts to, to, so we can love and bless people around us, so we can love others. The gifts are not for soaking in ourselves and just enjoying all, all, 
all on our own. They're to help us to reveal God to a lost and dying world. Amen? Faith is crucial. Hope is noble. The greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. If we don't have love, none of these gifts are worth diddly squat. So, if you've ever experienced any kind of confusion or doubt about any of these particular gifts that are mentioned in the Bible or you've seen them maybe exercised in a way that left you wondering what's going on there, I encourage you, ask the Holy Spirit because he'll speak to you. The Holy Spirit is the one. The Holy Spirit is the member of the Godhead who's right here with us right now, living in you and around you. He's flowing with us, through us. He's guiding us. Ask the Holy Spirit, and I encourage you to ask him to reveal his truth to you about these wonderful gifts. They're not here to confuse you. They're not here to embarrass you. They're given to the church because he loves us, and he wants us equipped. He wants us equipped to live as overcomers in this life. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen until the day he returns. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. God of love, thank you so much. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for the gift of grace that Jesus provides for us. And thank you for the gift of companionship the Holy Spirit provides for us. Thank you for these gifts the Holy Spirit bestows on on the church. You said for our edification, for our comfort. Oh, we we don't want to go through life without these. That would be doing it the hard way. We want these gifts flowing. We want them flowing in our church, Father God. The welcome mat is out. Holy Spirit, move as you will in this church. You are welcome in this place, we declare today and always. And Lord, those of us who, maybe this is kind of a new thing for us, help us to dare to imagine the Holy Spirit flowing through us. Give us the courage to let the Holy Spirit have his way with us, flow through us. Use, any, use us in any of these gifts you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. Help us to be obedient so we can be a blessing to others. Other people can have their lives changed by a word, by a message, by a touch, a healing, a miracle. We thank you for that, Father. We give you all the praise and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. If you've never received the Holy Spirit into into your heart before, I invite you to come forward today and let these good people pray with you. They know how to pray with you. They know how to agree with you. You can ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you, to fill you up, and he will, and your life will never be the same. Amen? And I hope this is just the beginning of a journey for you. Go, seek these gifts. Learn more about them, right? Check out some of those podcasts that we we have online. And be sure you're back here next Sunday uh, to hear Pastor Albert talk about the baptism and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Have a wonderful week.